Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. All right, guys. Well, welcome back to the Equipping and Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about something that has been on my mind quite a bit recently. You know, we've talked in the last few months about, you know, the Gallup poll, and we've talked about the state of theology published by Ligonier. And in light of those things, I think it's really important just so that we can we can know what what are we doing when we're talking about first what we're what are we talking about when we talk about what theology is and then what are we talking about when we're engaging in the task of theology and what role uh does the basics of the faith play in our christian life now for some of you who listen to this show that no doubt you're already going to know this. So consider this a refresher. But the statistics the statistics show me that for the average Christian in the pew, they don't know the basics. They don't understand the basics. Uh, the other thing that I want to say about that is maybe you're like me. You've been in the church your whole life, or maybe maybe that's just a few years and you've seen things in the church and you're like do people know the basics of the faith so i want to i want to talk about just very basically what is theology what is the task of theology what are we aiming to do with theology and my goal in this episode is to come alongside of you and to help you it isn't just to lecture you it's always my, I hope I hope that as you listen to this podcast that you feel like, you know, Dave sometimes gets pretty fired up about certain subjects, no doubt, okay? But my aim here on this show is to come alongside of you. It's to be a resource to you. It's to be a help to you. And sometimes, guys, I'm going to get fired up because, uh, well, that's how Dave is. That's how I am, okay? So, very simply... Theology is the study of God. Uh, the only way to know God, you've heard me say before, if if you've listened to this show for any length of time, you've heard me say that theology, the only way for us to do theology, the only way for us to know God is as he's revealed in the word of God. This idea, it comes from a special revelation, that is, revelation that comes to us from God in the 66 books that constitute the Word of God, the Scriptures. Uh, you know, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New, and it's all God's Word. It's all for our good. It's all inspired. It's all without error. It's all without the possibility of error. It's it's clear. It's for for our light, for our godliness. Uh, it. The scripture is used by the Holy Spirit to 
to point us to Christ, to convict us of sin, and to help us to grow in the grace and knowledge of God. Um, you know, R.C. Sproul, great theologian. If you've never checked out Ligonier Ministries, I would I strongly commend that to you. They also have a number of great podcasts. Um, I have no problem with you going there, listening to those podcasts, enjoying this that content. Uh, it's it's rich. It's helpful. Um, it will help you to grow in your understanding of the Christian faith and uh, of Reformed theology in general. But R.C. Sproul once said that everyone is a theologian. The question, he said, is whether you're a good theologian or a bad theologian. You see, nobody, we would say, is neutral. Everyone has theology. The atheist has theology. The Jehovah's Witness has theology. The Mormon has theology. The Catholic has theology. The, the Protestant has theology. The, the question that we must ask, though, is our theology rooted? Is it grounded? Does it find its foundation like the foundation for your house? Uh, is it grounded and rooted in the scriptures, the word of God? Or is it not? What, what the Gallup poll and what the Ligonier State of Theology show us and what the even even further the Arizona Christian University uh, study and other studies like it, what they show us is that no, there are whole segments of the church where we are not rooted in the Word of God. Um, and so, to be a good theologian, we have to be we have to spell it out. To be a good theologian means that you are rooted and you are grounded. In the Word of God, the 66 books of the Word of God. Uh, we just talked last uh, episode about Sola Scriptura. Uh, the Reformers were concerned about this as well. They wanted to help people return to the Word of God. The, in fact, the, the Puritans, what they aimed to do was they aimed to also help people return to see the need for... Uh, daily reading and studying the Bible, the Word of God, utilizing the means of grace, uh, the sacraments, the Word, uh, and, and of course the Spirit uses these means to help us to grow, to be more like Christ day by day, year by year, even moment by moment, uh, decade after decade. He's using these means of grace, uh, the preached Word of God, the sacraments, and so on and so forth, our fellowship with one another in our local churches um, to be of use to God you need to be rooted and grounded in the word of God you need to be reading you need to be studying you need to be meditating you need to be memorizing um, you need to be we're going to talk about application here in a minute but you need to be reading yourself and you need to be uh, hearing the word preached on the Lord's day because Paul says and in uh, Romans 10, uh, 17, that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. The word of Christ is the gospel. There's no other way to know the gospel other than as it's revealed in the word of God, which Paul defines for us in 1 Corinthians 15, 1-8, as the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Now, and so we need to understand that. We need to have 
a good understanding of the basics of the faith. Um, if you want a good book of the Bible to really read and digest and study that, that'll help you, I would say go to Romans. Some people would say don't go to Romans, but I'm going to tell you go to Romans. And, you know, there in 16 chapters, you have the core elements of the gospel. You have first three chapters. You have sin. Paul deals with how we're, we're sinners by nature and by choice. We sin uh, sexually. We sin morally. We sin ethically. And he shows very clearly, and even there in the discussing our sin, he points us to Christ um, and to what Christ has accomplished on our, uh, on, for us so that we can be uh, adopted by God. In chapters 4 through 5, he, he talks very clearly about uh, our justification being declared not guilty. In chapter 6 through 8, he talks about our new standing in Christ as new creations in him and how we're to grow in him and, and what life is like in the kingdom by the Spirit through union with him and how there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ and so much more. And so even here in Romans, you, you can... You can see a variety of words as you read Romans. Uh, you'll, you'll see words like propitiation. Uh, you'll discover uh, the meaning of words like expiation. Propitiation means Jesus bore our wrath in our place. Expiation means that he removed the wrath of God forever. And finally, as far as the east is to the west, as the psalmist said, uh, and, and, and justification, as I mentioned, mean, means essentially it means to be declared not guilty. And sanctification, uh, the process of becoming more like who God made you to originally be, which is his child. Um, and glorification, that we are on a journey to become fully like Christ that will be fully realized when we stand in the presence of, of Christ after we die. And so much more. I mean, there's so much in Romans um, in the first eight chapters alone. You, you could spend the rest of your life reading and studying just those eight chapters. And your life in Christ would be rich. It'd be meaningful. It would be uh, full because you'd be getting the full range from sin to glorification and everywhere in between you would get it. You would have a rich understanding. But this just shows us that, very simply, that knowing the meaning of theological words, it's important because these words, what they do is they flesh out from the Word of God the vital nature of doctrine. Doctrine is teaching that comes from the Word. It is not possible, some people out there would disagree, but it is not possible to be a Christian without doctrine. Because doctrine comes from the Word of God. Doctrine is absolutely essential to being a good theologian. That's why I just mentioned you need to read and study and meditate on the Word of God and memorize it. And you need to hear it preached. Because the Holy Spirit is aiming to use this in your life to bring comfort, to bring encouragement, to help you face those trials and uh, temptations and things that 
are going to happen in your life. And he's going to use those to draw what is, how is it, to show you how is it really going with your soul? Are you just singing the words of that that well-known hymn, It Is Well With My Soul? Or are those, are those, is that really true of the state of your soul? And, and by the way, we can't even talk about application until we understand what doctrine is. We, we immediately want to know five steps to grow as a Christian. Five steps, six steps. What do I do to grow? Give me, give me the goods. Tell me, spell it out. Give me a formula to do it. But here's the thing. How do you like this verse? 2 Peter 3.18 tells us to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Is that, is that a formula? By the way, that's a command. It's a command. It's a command made possible because of what the, the grace of God in Christ has done on our behalf. But, but it's not a formula. You look, at, you look at Colossians 3, another example of this. Uh, of of looking at what doctrine is coming from God's word, you look at Colossians three, and Paul Paul begins. Well, he he gets into in in this at the beginning of this chapter. He gets into these are things that you are to not do. These are things that Christians don't do because because they they belong to Christ. These and then he tells us in the very middle put off. Put off the old man, put on the new man because of Christ and what he's done on our behalf in his death, burial, and resurrection. Now put on Christ because you are united to him by faith. And this is what life looks like in Christ. This is who you once were. That's what Paul's saying. And this is who you are now. This is what your life is supposed to look like. That is not, first and foremost, an application point of Paul. He is rooting it in the reality of who we are now, who, and more importantly, who we belong to in Christ. That's why we can put off the old man and put on the new man. It's not because we're so great. It's not because we're sufficient in of ourselves, but... We have a sufficient Christ revealed in a sufficient scripture. And so doctrine, we can say, then fuels discipleship. Doctrine fuels discipleship. Not discipleship fuels doctrine, as is often taught in too many books today. There's so many examples. All you have to do is Google most of the articles that are published on the internet or books today, and what you'll find is discipleship this thought it fuels doctrine no discipleship or excuse me it's not that way doctrine fuels discipleship not discipleship fuels doctrine it's because of who we are because of whose we are in Christ and this this fuels our life in Christ, in as revealed in the Word of God. And so, as we've talked about before on this show, application is a vital topic. And, and as I was just mentioning, 
we can't even talk about biblical application before we have a good understanding of biblical text. That's why I'm using examples from uh, like, like Colossians 3. We could go to Galatians 5. It's the same thing. Application is the arena where we take our biblical interpretation and then we can begin to understand very basically there's more to this than what I'm saying, okay? For those of you that are listening, you're like, there's more to that than, than you're saying. Okay, I, I know. We're just being, I'm just, as I mentioned at the beginning, I'm being just giving a very basic definition, okay? So application is the arena where we take our biblical interpretation and then we begin to see how it's applicable to our lives. For example, in James 1 through 2, he very clearly tells us to consider it joy, brothers, when you face trials of various kinds, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience and we're supposed to let patience do its good work in us. In Philippians 4, 6 through 8, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So the question is, is Paul first concerned in Philippians 4 and is James concerned in James 1, 2 first about our discipleship or is he concerned about doctrine? Okay, the answer to that question, how you answer that question is going to affect more than you realize. It's going to affect not just how you take the truth, but even how you begin to understand the truth. Remember, we, we said that doctrine is teaching. Teaching comes from the Word of God. So what James and what Paul are doing in the text that I mentioned and in all the, all the other texts, they're, they're fleshing out this is what doctrine is. And then you're supposed to take the doctrine into your life. You're supposed to understand what it means and then take it and put it into your life, into every area of your life. So that when you face those trials, when you face those hard things, you're not trusting in yourself. You're trusting in the Lord. Remember what the Lord is trying to do in those trials, in those situations. He's aiming to help you see where are you at, where are you at in your life in Christ? Where do you need to grow? Where do you need to repent? Where do you need to trust more in the Lord, in his provision, uh, maybe in the financial realm? Where do, you, where do you need to find some rest um, and, and more? You see, the point of that, this exercise is to say this. Theology forms the basis for our convictions and our application of God's word helps us to take those convictions and to apply them to our life. We need to be so clear about this today that that application is rooted in doctrine because we're living in the opposite age where application is the first and foremost concern. Give me five give me five ideas, five ways that I can take what you're teaching me, five ways that I'm preaching to you, five, we want writers, give me five ways, uh, you know, like, like we're driving through McDonald's. Like, here's a handout. Here's how you grow. Just tell me that. Five ways that I can take out from your, from your message, from your podcast, from your book, or whatever. And distill it down into its most nutshell form because I don't have time to to wade through this. I don't have time to think about it. 
Friends, that is so dangerous. I, I can't even tell you. The opposite of this is what, what the Bereans did. They took the time to search the scriptures, Paul says, and to see if the things that Paul taught them in Acts 17 accorded with the word of God. And then the Thessalonians were commended in 1 Thessalonians 2.13 because they did the same and then they received the word. This is why Paul tells the Thessalonians also in 1 Thessalonians 5 to test, in 1 Thessalonians 5.21, test all things, hold fast to what is good. So we're living in a day when, you know, not only do we focus more on discipleship, divorce from doctrine, but we also are living in a day as a result of that where application is valued above the meaning of texts, biblical texts, which form are to form and to shape our lives so that we can grow personally and we can grow together with God's people. We're living in a day when when everybody, but seemingly everybody wants to talk about our witness for Christ. But if you look at the New Testament, it's the opposite. It's our character that God is concerned with first and foremost. And out of our character, out of our growth in Christ, then he's concerned then with how we're going to witness. Let me let me come at this a different way. God is not only concerned with the message that we're faithful to as revealed in the Bible, but he's also concerned that that, that, the, that, the, that we be faithful not only to the message, but also faithful to the way the message is proclaimed. Put another way, we're not only to be faithful in our preaching and our teaching and our evangelism and our discipleship to the word, but we're to be faithful in our methodology, in our approach, and how we proclaim the truth of God's word. The basics of the faith, we need to say, are not beyond us. I, I remember a conversation with my dear mentor very well, and he would, he would talk to me about things, and he would say, Now, Dave, you know what I'm saying. You, you know this. And I would say, I remember sitting there, thinking as he said that I said you know what brother the, the choir needs preaching too you know what just because we might know the truths that people are telling us we are not beyond them we are not beyond the basics if we think that we're beyond the basics friends we gotta have another conversation like immediately cause that's pride I don't care if you've been a Christian your entire life. When you have over 20 years of experience in the local church, I can tell you that I've seen Christians who have been Christians 60 years. 60 years. They should be teaching other people by now, a long time ago. And they still aren't able or don't even understand even some of the basics of the Christian faith. And that's tragic, but it's also true. So even, even the most educated among us, even the most knowledgeable among us, even the most mature among us, you know what? 
we need to we need the encouragement we need the reminders we need to be stirred up as the bible tells us to love and good deeds we need to be reminded of the basics you know for the new christian they need to be instructed here's what the basics are the new christian for the older christian for the more experienced christian they need to understand how the basics are worked out in the course of life. They, they need to understand not only, okay, here's what the basics are. This is what they mean. These are what these terms mean. This is where we see them in the text. And this is how we interpret those texts. But, and, and how the church has as well. But they also, the, the more mature Christian, the more seasoned Christian needs to understand, hey, this is, these, these, are, these are things that then that you already know. These are how these things are, because of the doctrine, because of the convictions that you have, these are how these are worked out in the course of our lives. And I don't care how long you've been a Christian. All of us, all of us need help with this. I was reminded again, I'll, I'll remind again about Mike in the area of gentleness, an area that he and I, and along with patience, <laughs> he and I talked a lot about over the years. And he would say, Dave, you know, the Lord is teaching you patience. The Lord is teaching you to be gentle. The Lord is helping you in this area. And he wasn't wrong. I still have a long ways to go, but I remember what he said to me. He said, you know what, Dave? I've been doing this a long time. He had. He'd been doing it ministry as a pastor for over 20 years. And he'd been with Awana for another 20 years. So 40 years of ministry. And here this guy was, very respected in our community, in, in the, in the Idaho, southern Idaho area. And he would say to me, Dave, you know what? I still have a lot of room to grow in this area myself. I can't tell you. As I've reflected on that over the years, since he said it now many years ago, I can't tell you how much that meant to me. Just those words. Here was a guy that I respected so much, still, still do, even now he's with the Lord. And here he was telling me, you know what? I never got, I've never got beyond the Savior. I've never got beyond the Lord. And I've never got beyond being humble before the Lord. I, I still need to grow. Are you kidding me? I don't care if you've been a pastor or in ministry in whatever capacity for 40 years like Mike. I'm I'm on I'm on 22 years now. Okay? I I still have a lot of room to grow. I have a lot of room to grow as a writer, as an author, as a as as a communicator, as a preacher of God's word. I have a lot of room to grow. I'm still only I'm going to be 42 in, in February coming up. <laughs> I'm still young. Some of you are like, how old are you? I had somebody say, you look like you're 33. Another ni really nice person. I said, thank you so much for this. They said, aren't you 29? I was like, I just love you to pieces, okay? You're awesome. You know, uh, I think we could be best friends. But all seriousness aside, we never outgrow, no matter our experience, our education, our knowledge, our how many books, how many articles, how much content we've put out. We never, ever, ever outgrow our need 
to grow in our understanding of God's word and of church history and of taking God's word and applying it to our life. The, the basics of, of the faith aren't beyond us. In fact, the more we know the basics, the more we will accurately proclaim the truth of God's word and contend for the faith once for all delivered to the saints. That's why, men, have a time where you open God's word with your, with your family, if you're married, with your spouse, uh, with your kids. Have that time to, even for 10 or 15 minutes, take the time after dinner to read God's word, to, to study God's word together, to talk about it, to share, to pray for one another, to encourage one another. Um, men, you have no greater responsibility than that. And take your family to church. Prioritize the, 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 the leading of your family in the worship of God, in the honor of God. And don't only do it, men, in, in your home. Do it in your workplace. Women as well. If you're in the workplace, do it in the workplace. If you're a stay-at-home mom, do it in your home. Do it all for the glory of God. Whatever your occupation, whatever you're doing, do it all for the honor and the glory of God. Do it because you believe that doctrine matters, that doctrine comes from God's word, that doctrine is informing your discipleship, and discipleship, as you're being formed by good doctrine coming from God's word, your discipleship of Christ in whatever you're doing, in whatever vocation God has placed you, in whatever place God has placed you, that you're doing it all for the honor and the glory and the praise of our Savior and our King. Friend, theology really matters. We're to, we're to be shaped by good theology. But it's not just good theology that we're to believe. Good theology should adorn our lives, as Titus says. It should, we should be so shaped, so formed by God's word that when people see our lives what they, and they see our homes, what they see is Christ. What they see is somebody about the honor and the glory of Christ. They, what they see is somebody who's growing more in Christ. They aren't perfect. They don't have it all together. But they're growing to be more like Christ, more like their Savior. They're repenting of sin. They're turning away from it. They're quick to apologize. They're quick to keep short accounts with others. Because they know that they serve a sufficient Savior. They serve a Sufficient king revealed in the word of God. Well, there's so much to be said about this topic as with everything. And I do try to keep these episodes to 30 minutes. Although sometimes I'm not successful as you guys know. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you for, um, I don't say this enough. Thank you for allowing me into your homes, into your ears, buds. Thank you for listening to these episodes uh i am i am thankful for how the lord is using this podcast i hear about it quite often and i want you to know when 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 i hear about it i just i just give thanks to god i'm just an instrument of god's word you are just an instrument of god's word so give praise give thanks to god he is good his mercy endures forever and so until next monday and wednesday may god bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you
Thank you for listening to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.